Welcome to Just Make Art, a conversation about making art and the artist's journey with myself, Tiny Ethan Clark, and my buddy, Nathan Turborg from Minneapolis. We're two artists trying to navigate the art world just like you, and I'm excited to bring uh, a pretty incredible woman and quote to this week's episode. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about a quote from the amazing Sonia Boyce. It's a pretty short one, but it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. It goes like this. Let frustration fuel inspiration. Let frustration fuel inspiration. You might have to take it away on this one because, I, I mean, it's been a minute since I, I haven't been frustrated since probably it's like the early 2000s. So I don't know anything about frustration. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let me dive into Sonia Boyce first, who is a British artist who lives and work, works and teaches in London. Um, she's a professor of black art and design at the University of Arts London, and she is insane. Um, she is a deep diver in the exploration of art as social practice. Um, and she, I mean, she's all over, all over the map, um, like me, but I do not put myself even close to the category of her where she works in multidisciplinary facets of art, drawing, film, photography, print, sound. I mean, Wow. I mean, she dives into the relationship between sound and memory, dynamics of space. Um, and she's the first black woman, um, in 2022 to represent Britain in the Venice Biennale. Hmm. Uh, that, uh, is pretty, uh, powerful and long overdue. I must say, um, that there has been a black female represented in the Venice Biennale from Britain. So, um, congratulations on that to Sonia Boyce. That is, uh, incredible. Um, and so <clears throat> let frustration fuel inspiration. Um, Sonia's frustrations are, you know, very different than yours and mine, obviously with her history in Britain as a black female. Um, and so we could easily dive into political things and her battle for racial and gender equality that she has brought phenomenal storytelling through her multidisciplinary art to the world with to share that story with a powerful voice across the world. Um, but we're going to kind of relate it more to just our own studio practices, um, for you and I, and as an artist, letting frustration fuel inspiration. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to, uh, I mean, you already hit on it, but it's important to say that, you know, I mean, fr your frustration is your frustration and, you know, we're all going to experience, um, you know, a different form of it. So, um, whether or not your work is about, um, you know, the things that move you on a, on a global or a broad or, you know, a, a deep level, um, there's always just going to be distraction, frustration, things that are going to, um, you know, resistance, right. That would keep us from, um, you know, for making art, you know, which is the entire thrust of what we're trying to discuss with this whole podcast. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, uh, um, just the whole idea of, I mean, let's just talk about frustration, you know, while we're on that, on that subject, you know, it, it, it can be anything. Um, and, uh, I think when you're a human being living a, uh, a modern existence, there's no shortage of things that, um, you know, could potentially, you know, frustrate us. And I think that, you know, as I was considering this quote too, Ty, I was thinking about, um, you know, there's a choice to be made every time, um, you know, we, we recognize that, that there is frustration, uh, here. Um, and that, even that in and of itself, I think is really important. Um, you know, I've, uh, it's taken me a long time to get to know myself well enough to realize that, 
boy, I'm a delicate little flower. I mean, I get frustrated and I get, I mean, it's, it doesn't take much to, I mean, even just trying to get this, you know, get, get going today. The fact that, you yeah. know, the browser wasn't working, I had to restart and reinstall like, ah, you know, and I used to fancy myself being so great at just rolling with the punches and, you know, you know going with the flow. That just isn't true. You know, like I'm, I'm very easily disturbed and easily bothered by any number of things. Um, you know, so I think, you know, one of the things that, um, I think is important in terms of converting, um, you know, frustration into, into fuel, um, is first of all, um, acknowledging that, um, you know, just changing the language, right? The, you know, the, the disassociation of I am not frustrated, but there is frustration here, or even taking that, that, you know, um, you know, whatever third party perspective of, you know, Nathan is experiencing frustration right now. It's a very different, um, you know, different dynamic. And it's something that I've learned through self-work and, you know, therapy to realize, okay, I don't have to own that feeling necessarily. I don't have to be, yeah. you know, frustration. I just need to acknowledge that I'm experiencing, you know, frustration first and foremost. So, um, let's just start there. What's your experience with frustration in general how easier or how good are you at recognizing that you're experiencing it first and foremost and then yeah. what do you do with it well and i'm in that same that same boat that you're in uh you know working through therapy and counseling and those things and and you know coming to those realizations that you have having dealt with with severe past trauma in my childhood and things where you know i've been lucky enough to see counselors and have a lot of help for healing and learning those moments and when they arise and how they can affect you. Um, especially for myself, where I, I'm an extreme extrovert. Um, and I thrive on being around people. Um, but with that, I have serious, serious highs and serious, serious lows. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've learned to stable, be a little more stable than so high up and so far down that it affects everything. And a, a great example for me, um, from my life, I'd say it's 2020. Um, and I felt like I was being berated by language and information from the news, election cycles here in America, politics, uh, racial divides, gender divides. I mean, there were so many things that I just felt like everything around me was trying to tell me something, hmm. right? From sides I agreed with, sides I disagreed with. And it, you know, we all know in America, families are being ripped apart. Friendships are being ripped apart through this divide over the last few years. And, um, <clears throat> I had to really sit and think because I was getting so frustrated with everything. And I kind of thought to myself, what's a way that I can control language in my life? Because we're going to get it from social media. We're going to get it from music. We're going to get it from the news. We're going to get it from family, friends, all this information and language. And I was thinking, what's a way I can control the language to kind of settle my frustrations? And I decided that for the entire year, I would listen to music with no words so that, it, and I'm in the studio, you know, four, six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day painting and working, depending on the body of work I'm creating. And so I have music on all the time. And I thought even music has language, right? Mm -hmm. That speaks to us and influences us. What's one thing I could remove language completely from my situation? So I listened to classical music and jazz for a year and did an entire body of work called Paintings to Sound. Mm -hmm. um, but through this, I started to research jazz musicians and jazz music and classical composers. But it really did draw that frustration out of me and allowed me to just be centered yeah. <laughs> and focused. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> that's just one example of many. That's probably a good uh, conversation for another day. Um, 
We may need to retitle this podcast conversation for another another day. For for another day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but as you're saying that, I'm thinking like that's interesting. Uh, you know, comparison to um, you know uh, jazz, classical music, anything without you know words. Um, you know, that, that's kind of an interesting you know comparison to the difference between you know representational art and abstract art. You know, as well. Um, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about today. So right. let's get back. Let's get back on topic. Um, you know, I think so. Uh, the, the the fuel part of this um, is is uh, I think really where we boil down the, the the power of this of this quote, right? Like, um, so I was thinking about you know when you can convert um, you know not just the positive inspiration or the or the whatever the good stuff is or whatever your definition of inspiration is, right? I mean, there's plenty of you know uh, creatives who um, you know lean on or almost unfortunately require, um, you know, uh, self-destructive behavior or living or, or staying in the, in the darkness, so to speak, um, you know, to inspire their work. Um, but when you can convert whatever is present into fuel, you kind of become, you know, bulletproof from a creative standpoint, right? Like I, I liken it to, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, whatever the flex fuel vehicles that can run on, run on gas, they can run on electric and, you know, boy, maybe even solar at some point, right? So you become kind of that adaptable, you know, flex fuel, you know, omnivorous, right? Like whatever we, whatever you put in, you know, we can convert in, into fuel um, when we can figure out how to use what is and what's available as opposed to being in a spot where our, you know, creative process is conditional, you know, based on, on things that in, in many cases may be completely outside of our control, right? So, um, yeah, just that, that whole idea of fuel, I, I, I really like that a lot. Well, and I mean, that's, that's the power and the beauty of art, right? Is that, you know, you, you date back to Picasso's, uh, Guernica painting, right? He let his frustration fuel his inspiration for one of the most transformative pieces in the history of abstract art that really fueled the ideation behind abstract expressionism, mm -hmm. right? That, that. It, it circled the world at the point, you know, um, during the World Fair in the U.S. when all the abstract, early abstract expressionists saw the piece and went, wow, I can put emotion to the piece and express my anger with war, my anger with this, my anger with this, and I can create that and put it out there to be a voice, right, and speak, you know, which is really, you know, what Sonia built a lot of her career you know, on powerfully and being a voice for the marginalized, um, you know, in the eighties, um, with the radical political art movement, um, the British black arts movement, you know, and she was a voice for those that, uh, were marginalized with race and gender inequality. And that that's the power of art, right? It's mm -hmm. like, it's not just our, in, our personal frustrations. What do you, what are we frustrated with in life? Like art has been able to be a voice to say, hell no, or hell yes, or look at what you're doing. I don't agree with what you're saying. So here, you know, some of my favorite artists like Glenn Lejeune, um, Theaster Gates, um, just powerful political statements through their work that just give, I mean, I have chills thinking of some of the work I've seen of theirs in person, um, from Milan to LA to New York. And, you know, somebody like Sonia who has taken traditional elements, hmm. right. Of Afro, uh, historic art, art from Africa, um, the color choices to the figures and representing family, right? The dependence on family when you can't depend on your 
political party or your country to support you. You have to depend on family. And she's taking historical elements and combine them into modern art as a voice for her people and for people outside of that to go, Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't realize this is what we were doing or this is what I was doing. That's the beauty of art. Yeah. Yeah. And what a powerful place to be, you know, as an artist, um, to be able to be in a place where, uh, we have the ability to speak for others, to speak for yourself, right? To talk about your, you know, your personal experience. I mean, a lot of her work certainly is autobiographical, especially the, um, you know, I really like a lot of her drawings around, you know, around, around family and the family dynamic, you know? Um, but it's amazing how, you know, one's individual experience, um, you know, definitely resonates with, you know, entire groups, um, of people or, you know, people that just have a shared experience regardless of what their particular, you know, walk of life or background might be. Well, and you know, art, art is different, right? Um, and you think of somebody like Sonia multidisciplinary, right? Where she can paint. She uses photography, sound, video, like it's basically all the senses, Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. when you think about mm -hmm. it. Right. And when you have, uh, basically a process or the story that she tells through her art, which is memory is, is the big theme memory. You have to tie all the senses into it, yeah. right? Because you, now you're able to touch on the viewer and the audience in multiple areas, sound, sight. Um, feeling, um, you know, all the different types that you can be involved in s with your senses as my words, you know, my mental ability slips here. Um, my own frustration, I'll let it fuel what I'm going to say next, but that's, you know, that's the special thing about art is, you know, being a voice to those that don't have the ability to create something that you can put out there. Um, artists, you know, as Madeline Langle says, we're the ones that are aware of things with a heightened sense. And we lie in bed at night thinking about how we can solve the world problems, hmm. but we have to get up the next day to create something to share what we're feeling. Right. I mean, that's a, that's a special trait that we have as artists and artists who really take that step to really be that that's a Sonia. So let's talk about, um, you know, how, how do we make this more not more, but how do we, how do we apply this? You know, how do we make this more tangible or, or, you know, tactical for, you know, for everybody, you know, I think about like, all right, um, okay. I'm dealing with this. This is my, whatever this might be, you know, for, for any one of us. Um, uh, but this is my frustration. This is my situation. These are my circumstances. Um, you know, what do I do with this? You know, how do I, yeah. um, let's just talk about, you know, how, how do we, um, how do we convert that frustration, you know, and let it fuel inspiration? Well, you know, this is something that you and I have, have touched on before in, in previous podcasts is journaling and taking notes and ideating, you know, really building out the idea to what it could become. Um, and, you know, we talk a lot about being mature as an artist and being immature. That growth process is, okay, this is frustrating me. Now, why is it frustrating me? What is frustrating me? How is it frustrating me? You know, what can I create to tell this story? And then really spending time researching and building out that idea. Is that going to be an installation? Is it a painting? Is it, is it a short film? How can I tell this story and voice my frustration best? What is, you know, what is the fuel that I have as a creator, as an artist, 
um, where my strengths are to really put this idea into a practice. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of artists ask me, you know, how, how do I tell this story? How do I even begin? What do I do? You know, I've got these ideas. What do I do? And I'm like, man, well, number one, you don't need permission to do it. A lot of artists feel like oh, I just need permission to go ahead and do it. There are no no's in art. <laughs> you, you use whatever you want to use to make it. Nobody can tell you what you're making is wrong. You have permission. Go create what your frustration is really building to be. Go create it. But you got to spend some time really thinking it through so that you can really fulfill what you want that story to be when you put it out there to the world. You absolutely do. Yeah. And I, and I will, you know, just speaking from personal experience, you know, I've learned, um, as I, as I figure out what's going on with, with, with myself, you know, internally and, and just, uh, uh, develop more awareness about, about, you know, um, you know, my, myself, it's, um, I realized recently how disconnected I am from, you know, really, really being able to put a finger on, you know, what am I feeling? What am I experiencing? You know, just kind of this vague sense of like, you know, <laughs> just basic, you know, caveman vocabulary of Nathan is happy. Nathan is sad. Or, you know, oftentimes the sadness comes out as, you know, comes out sideways as, you know, as anger. So, you know, I think a lot of it is just that, like you talked about the value of journaling, processing. I mean, I, I require that. Like I don't have the, you know, emotional intelligence, uh, or, or vocabulary to be able to, you know, just sort of process, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm experiencing. This is what's frustrating me. Okay, cool. Got it. Now I know what to do with it. Like I have to spend time with it. I have to journal, you know, it, it takes a lot to just get it out there and, and, and even make the most basic realizations of like, okay, this is, this is what's going on here. You know? So I think that that initial part, um, uh, that process, depending upon where a person's at, you know, um, with their own personal journey, but that's a, that's a pretty important, um, you know, step in the process is just taking the time to really consider, you know, what, what indeed is going on. Uh, before then figuring out, you know, what the hell to do with it. Well, and, you know, if you have an artist group of peers, share the ideas with them. Hmm. You know, I think, you know, our, my mentorship group that I started is pretty fortunate that within each group, you know, there's five or six to seven artists within each of the three month sessions. And, you know, numbers of them have grown close across all six sessions that I've had so far, right? So 32, 33 artists from different groups have gotten together, you know, France, Spain, Germany, US, whatever, and built little networks of artists. And, and I know everybody knows how important that is now when they see, wow, you know, I've got this idea. I can, I can build it out and then I can pitch it, not pitch it, but so to speak, share it with my peers. Hey, what are, what do you think? Right. Mm -hmm. What do you think? You know, I know we've talked about don't listen to the outside world, but that doesn't mean, Hey, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm strong. You know, my work, what do you think? How, how do you think I could really develop this? Like there, I mean, there's so much importance in finding a network of artists that you can kind of cr have critique your work or your ideas and help you flush them out, um, as you go into the studio to work. So how do you, you know, once you've identified, you know, what it is that you're, that you're, um, you know, processing, dealing, what, what the frustration might be, um, you know, do you have any, any, uh, uh, tactical advice on, on how to, once you've figured out and, and, and develop some awareness around, you know, what's going on, um, you know, how to convert that into the necessary activities, 
right? Like, I think, uh, take a step back here before, while you consider that, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's, there's macro frustrations and then there's just micro frustrations. You know, like I talked about earlier, like it doesn't take much to throw me off. It's pretty embarrassing when I really think about yeah. it to be, to be totally vulnerable. Like, you know, the, 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 the things that can, you know, throw me off and get me out of, uh, you know, out of my groove, you know, so I'm talking about micro frustrations here, um, you know, obviously, but, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it doesn't take much. So I don't think it much matters. Um, you know, if we're talking about a micro frustration, something more minor everyday, you know, pedestrian, just life being life. Um, or if we're talking about, you know, a macro issue that, is, that is heavy and real and deep and, um, you know, something that isn't, uh, going anywhere anytime soon. Um, either way, you know, it, there's something there, you know, how do we convert it into, you know, creative activity? For me, routine is very important in that. Um, I, I'm so scatterbrained um, as an artist. I love to sculpt. I love to do photography. I love to, you know, I produce an award-winning documentary film. I just finished my first novel. Um, I, I mean, I'm all over the board. I write constantly, create. So if I don't have a routine in place, right, studio, you know, not necessarily set hours, but a routine, right? Mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, right? It really helps me with that because when I'm in a routine, I have a really good flow. So when frustration comes in and, and not talking like outside world front frustration, just personal frustration, right? The, that, that frustration of my work isn't really going where I want it to. Um, I don't feel motivated to really work today and that frustrates, you know, I should feel motivated. I get to do this full time. Yeah. Um, I've found that for me, routine, which I'm not in a good routine right now. So there's been a lot of frustration lately. So when I'm in that routine, I can battle those things and just make and sit and listen and work and write. And I have a really good flow. Yeah. Um, if I don't have that ebb and flow, frustrations build and my wife can tell and she lets me know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. I mean, I think it does come down to activity, you know, um, and, and, and doing, doing the thing, whatever the thing is, um, you know, whether we feel like it or not. Right. Um, you know, inspiration has to find us working, you know, uh, the muse has to find us, uh, working. So, um, that's a, that's a big one. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, you know, uh, to pull another, you know, Jerry Salt's quote, but just get to work your big baby, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and that's a, that's a, I mean, it comes down to, you know, again, what we're, what we're trying to communicate, um, uh, just overall, which is just, just make art, um, you know, make it about, you know, the big thing, make it about the small thing, but just keep making it, you know? And I think, you know, one of the things that that I've learned too, um, you know, just in, uh, uh, in life, in my, my previous life, you know, in business is that, you know, I don't need to feel good in order to, to show up and and do the work. I don't need to feel good to perform good. In fact, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I, I perform better or I am more productive. Um, I'm laughing as I'm I'm listening to my own verbiage around, you know, achievement based, um, you know, value system, but regardless, um, you know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, all, all positive. It doesn't have to be all butterflies and rainbows. In fact, you know, not a lot of great art, you know, has been made around, you know, um, you know, I had a, I had a great day, you know, um, for every, you know, today was a good day by ice cube. There's a whole lot more great art that was made about the shitty days and some of the very worst things that, you know, he and countless other artists, uh, you know, experienced. So I don't know. It's about to show up. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Showing up is the first step. Yeah. Right. That's the first step to, you know, battling that frustration. Show mm-hmm. up. Cause it's, yeah. God, it's so easy, right. To not show up. It is so easy to go, you know what? Not today. I'm going to turn Netflix on and watch season, you know, the next season of Ozark. Yeah. And then six hours have gone by, you know, it's easy to not show up and not showing up, you know, showing up doesn't mean you have to be working on art in the studio, right? Maybe you're just sitting in the studio and looking at your art. Maybe you're pulling out that book and you're reading ninth street women in the studio, or you're reading Picasso's biography that could be showing up, you know, just focusing on work because when you're surrounding yourself by art, you're going to want to create art <laughs> at some point. You're going to want to get in and, and work. And I think, I don't remember the exact words as I butcher the Mark Bradford quote, but he says, even if I'm sick or I'm depressed, or even if I have diarrhea, I show up hmm. in the worst states of physical, you know, whatever I do my best to show up. And here, a great example, the last three months of mine have been complete hell. Gosh, so hard to show up when I'm feeling so horrible. But what did I do? In the times I felt like it, I read, I had my books out, um, reading David Lynch's book, Wabi Sabi for artists, you know, reading multiple Joan Miro, um, biographies, Helen Frankenthaler, watching documentaries, you know, uh, films that I love, Julian Schnabel's films, art documentaries, but I was still surrounding myself with art and I was still journaling. Even when my body was aching and I felt like I wanted to die, I was journaling what I could do when I get in the studio. That's still showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you bring up a really good point too, which is I think the more, um, you know, voracious you are about, you know, reading and, and, uh, just learning about other artists experiences, the more perspective you get about, you know, how big or small, um, you know, your, (laughs) your stuff might be right. I mean, that's not true. That's not just about art. That's true of anything in life, right? Somebody's always had it, um, you know, a lot, a lot worse than you. And in spite of that, found a way to, uh, to show up and, oh, by the way, they're just people too. I mean, they're just human beings. It wasn't easy for them. It's not easy for anybody. Um, you know, I mean, uh, to your point, there's, there's never going to be any shortage of, you know, reasons to, to not go to work, to not show up. And there's never going to be any shortage of things that are going to be more comfortable to do in the moment, you know, as a distraction, you know, fill in the blank with whatever your, your vice or distraction, you know, might be, it's always going to be more comfortable, you know, to not show up, um, to, to sit in the stuff and let the stuff, you know, again, whatever that might be, distract us and, and keep us from, you know, showing up and doing the work. And it does come down to, habits, right? It comes down to routine. It comes down to, you know, I think this, uh, really, when we talk about identity or, you know, having a personal code, like I am somebody and just, this is a mantra. This is, it may not sound true the first thousand times you say it, but I am somebody who shows up and goes to work. Um, you know, no matter what, I'm going to make marks, I'm going to read, I'm going to do something related to my practice. And and I'm really, really glad that you brought that up because it could be any number of different, you know, elements or aspects, you know, of the practice. It doesn't just have to be, you know, Hey, I finished a a piece that I'm stoked about today. It could be anything, but just freaking showing up consistently is, uh, is the name of the game. Right. And over time that's, that's going to lead to the great work, right? The crappy work leads to the great work. Well, and our artists that were, whose quote we're using today, you know, Sonia voice, right. She showed up constantly time and time again. And she, and through that perseverance, 
the amount of artists that she's inspired and taught and mentored and led um, is just phenomenal. Right. And look, 30 years later, she is representing her country in the Venice Biennale 30 years later. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking five years later, 10 right. years later. Right. Like it's, it was a constant showing up. Now, should she have been recognized earlier? Absolutely. Yes. But man, art's a long game. Yeah. And for a lot of artists, especially artists of different racial backgrounds, economic backgrounds, seem to not be recognized as much as other artists with certain racial backgrounds and economic backgrounds, um, which is very unfortunate. But she showed up and continued to show up, and she is being well recognized, and it is so deserving. Man, talk about frustration, feeling inspiration. It's a beautiful story. Yeah, I'm really thankful that uh, this this quote and this conversation gave uh, both of us a reason to do a deep dive on her work because it's it's so expansive and it's so inspirational and it doesn't matter you know where you're coming from. I mean, it's you can you can see you can feel you know um, the yeah. the deep deep meaning you know in the uh, in the work and it's um, you know it, it's amazing. I mean, I, I always have a a bit of a bias towards, you know, any creative that is dipping their toes in, in multiple, you know, yeah. uh, waters and, and mediums, because I think that, you know, again, when, when, when that, when that's in you, when there's something that's in you that needs to get out, um, you know, it can find any number of outlets, um, you know, ways to, uh, ways to get out in the world and, and move and inspire people. So, um, incredible artists, incredible story and, uh, yeah, really great conversation. I'm glad we had a chance to unpack this today. Any closing remarks, Mr. TNC? No, I mean, if you're frustrated out there, go make some art, get in the studio, get in your bedroom, garage, whatever space you have. If you have to work outside, go outside, paper, canvas, cardboard, whatever the hell you have that you can create on go there. There's nothing you can't use. You know, we talk about this all the time there that you have permission to use anything, you know, like Mark Bradford said years ago, if I can't find it in a home Depot, I'm not going to use it, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like that. That's just giving artists permission, right? To just go make art. You know, it's what this whole podcast is around. We just want to encourage you all. Um, you have permission to go make stuff and inspire your community, artists around you, your city, your country, wherever you're from. Go be a man, be that storyteller and let your frustration fuel your inspiration. Yeah. And, and don't confuse. I mean, it's real easy. Uh, I don't think I'm the only person that falls in this category, but, um, you know, when I hear, you know, just make art. I, I translate that somewhere between the meaning and, and my understanding is, you know, make good art, right? I'm only, I'm only going to feel successful <laughs> if my definition, if your definition for success um, is I made good art or I made art that I'm excited about. Well, guess what? You know, we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure um, a lot more often, you know, than not. So just understanding that it's just the practice of, you know, writing words, making marks, you know, doing, making as much bad art as is necessary, you know, to, uh, to get to the good art. So the definition of success comes from, I did something, you know, I did something related to my practice. I, I, I engaged in, in a portion of my routine to the extent that it was possible today. And that over time is going to lead me to where I ultimately want to go and help me say what I'm trying to say. Yep, absolutely. I agree. Find find those nuggets of beauty and all the work that you're doing now and let that guide you to where the great pieces come from. Uh, So yeah, go make art. Find us on Instagram. We'd love to say hi to you for sure. And we're looking forward to what we have for you next. Heck yeah. Join us next time on Just Make Art. Over and out. Yeah.